Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast and it's a very positive one to start the the Frank Lampard tenure with uh, following um, Saturday's 4-1 victory over Brentford in the FA Cup and I'm joined by my um, guests today, um, Conor O'Neill and Gavin Buckland. Good afternoon gents. Afternoon Chris. Okay, yeah, we'll start with um, you Conor, I mean we'll have to see... A lot of a feel-good factor at Goodison even before kickoff. Given Frank Lampard's appointment, he seems to be somebody who was uh, generally appreciated by fans. But I, I guess um, in terms of the result and the way things went, um, couldn't imagine it, it would have gone uh, any better. No, it was, I think it was. I wrote in my you know immediate kind of on the whistle analysis is it couldn't have went any better really for him when you when you consider what he you know what he walked into uh, this time last week and, and what he took over probably as good as it could be. Um, yeah, I think that the feel good factor was there for all the season before the game. I think a lot of Everton fans had that kind of spring back in the steps, didn't they? they were looking forward to getting to go to some park, looking forward to watching the team, and looking forward to kind of the, the start of a new a new year as it's kind of been built to many. So, yeah, it was, it was the perfect start for Lampard. It was a much improved performance. It was much, much more like we've come to see a good over the years in terms of you know, the fans getting right behind the team. You know, and, and and the players responded with a, a really decent show. A bit, you know, Brentford were great and, and, and probably there for taking. But I think we've all seen the season where Everton have come up against teams who have been there for taking and they've they've not they've not they've not done anything, they've not been to any point. So it was pleasing in that aspect. But yeah, I think as far as you know, Lampard won your first game, it was pretty, pretty impressive. And you know, the the, the benchmarks being set now for, for Everton and you know, Frank Lampard moving forward and they've got to they want to match that moving forward, they've got to build on that and keep Keep that momentum going because you know myself and Phil Kirkbride were chatting after the game, and although you were kind of thinking, "Well, that was quite good," that you know that was much better than what we've seen. The Dalton prospect of Newcastle tomorrow night, right, which I'm sure we're going to touch on, means yeah. that it could all be you know could all be the only you know paid a couple of before it really gets started. So it was a real positive start, but I think Lampard even acknowledged himself there's much more work to do, and it was it was a good it was a good basis to start things from a big a big week for the Blues moving forward. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I've received from the moment that Rafa Benitez was dismissed, there was a, there was a change in mood. But against um, Aston Villa with Duncan Ferguson, it didn't pan out as expected. This was this was very different, though, wasn't it? Well, it was different to, to Ferguson because Frank Lampard's been a manager for two and a half years and been yeah. coaching top players in that time. So you'd expect it to be different to to Ferguson, who's obviously only just at the place for a week. Um, certainly a different vibe to. Benitez. It was just comparing the before the game, comparing the the atmosphere to Benitez's first game at the on the opening day of the season, yeah. and there were two completely different atmospheres um, for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of performance and the the tempo of the play and the um, you know the passing game, 
Ball's been played into feet in the final third. Far quicker tempo. Um, you spoke today about the flexibility of the front three as well. It was a far different performance. Um, I think Connor probably overestimated how good Brentford or bad Brent, good Brentford were. I thought Brentford were woeful. Um, they they look like a team who you could, if they play like that for the rest of the season, could conceivably go down. Uh, so I thought they made it easy for us today on Saturday, and it was interesting. Lampard saying today about you know Newcastle going to be a completely different um, different game, and um, yeah, the completely different vibes to Ferguson and Benitez, and um, it was all the better for it, wasn't it? Really, yeah. Um, it was interesting, Conor, uh, They we were all wondering what sort of team he was going to play. Uh, midfield options restricted and the, that might have come into his thinking. But it was a, a totally new formation, wasn't it? But obviously it went well on the day. Yeah, it did. And it, it was it was kind of that was all eyes were on when the team news dropped was, was how everyone to line up and what they were going to look like moving forward. And I think quite interesting that, you know, when we were in possession, it was very much, you know, 3-4-3. Three, Formation of when we were out of possession, it was it, it, the, the back four, we, the back three become a back four with Vitaly Milenko dropping in at left back. So it, it was quite fluid, it was quite interesting, it was quite different. It's clear that Frank Lampard's got a clear vision, a clear idea of what he wants to do and what he wants his team to play with forward, which I think we'll all be, we're all glad for because I think under Benitez and certainly other, other Everett managers in the past have been quite difficult to understand what they're actually trying to, Everett actually trying to do at times. It, it, there's a lot of times where it felt like we just had 11 players on the pitch and we were hoping for the best. So Frank's clearly got a clear vision in his mind of what he wants and what he, he sees fit moving forward. So it was interesting, but I think looking ahead to, to Newcastle, it'll be interesting if he does back there tomorrow night because I think it's a, a much tougher test than ever. Like I've said, you know, Brentford certainly weren't great and they'll pose a much tougher test. And I think it'll be interesting to see how, if Everton do play through the back, how, how they cope. But it was interesting, Mason Holby spoke after the game saying, that they've been drilled on that in the training in the training grounds in the weeks leading up to it. So again, that's another big push point because I know certainly under Rafford there was a lot of a lot of talk there, but we're a very good coached, very good coached team. But you look at the, the coaching staff that Lampard brought in, it's um it's certainly built around the modern day approach and in and coaches coaching and, and people getting on with different areas to pitch all that. That'll be interesting to see moving forward as well. But yeah, I think I think you're right there, because I think it was fluid, it did work well, but I think tomorrow night and, and certainly Leeds on, on Saturday because they were posing much more of a tact threat than Brentford did. It'll be interesting how Everton do it at the three at the back because, like we say, it wasn't much to judge it off the weekend, although it was good, it wasn't much to judge it off. Yeah, Gav, what did you make of the tactics? Because for those of us, us who are old enough to remember the Walter Smith area, it's sort of a bit of a shiver down the spine sometimes. See? The three or five at the back, as it as it were. Then this was this this was quite a different approach, though. But would you be comfortable with that going forward? Do you think you'd change? I mean, what were your thoughts? Um, some of us, as you said on Friday, all love to remember the Harry Catter here, Chris. So Walter um, <laughs> Smith is a relatively uh, <laughs> middle ground for me. Yeah. My ever watching career. Yeah, we spoke about it on Friday, didn't we? Uh, what formation he played? And I don't think anybody said three four three. No, um, I don't think anybody before answered three four three. It was four two three one or four three three. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a proper three four three as well. It wasn't five. Yeah, five two three. It was the you know, the two four backs to play high up the pitch, and you know, 
Um, we looked all the better defensively for it, which is not necessarily the same when we've done that this season. We've tended to struggle with the back, haven't we, with three? Yeah. And yeah. most of the games I've seen us play. Um, so I, I think some of that was down to Brentford. Uh, I think going forward, it depends on our midfield options, I think. I I don't think necessarily... I'm just looking back at Lampard's management career. I think if we get... And, this, and by the looks of things, it's not going to happen, is it, really? Um, you know, one of our two our midfielders back. Obviously, we've got Deli Alley and Van der Bey. Um, whether 3 4 3 would fit, they would fit into that system. Mm-hmm. Uh, to yeah. be honest with you, it doesn't, doesn't strike me as maybe Van der Bey can head of, uh, head of Deli Alley, but it doesn't feel right uh, to me. Get the most out of Deli Alley. You want to be playing 4 2 3 1, don't you, really? Um, mm-hmm. And playing behind the striker, four three three involves him playing out wide. Well, I know he's done that maybe this season for Tottenham, but you don't you don't know. Frank may surprise us, um, and 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 keep with it. Um, not held the course by Ben Godfrey's injury as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it, how it pans out at Newcastle tomorrow and and Leeds on Saturday, but longer term. I'm not sure he came into the club once, played 3-4-3, to be honest with you. I think it's down to the paucity of our midfield options at the moment. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the kind of Gav's mentioned there the the injury to Ben Godfrey that obviously didn't help with the reshuffle. I mean he's been playing on the left hand side of defence, but we had uh, Vitali Mikalenko finally making his his Goodison debut there. Obviously, albeit in a more advanced role on the left, and then obviously the Godfrey injury brought Yeri Mina into the the fray, and uh, obviously that had an impact as well. Yeah, it did. I think it was disappointing to see Godfrey go off, and certainly you know the way he went off and limped off. I mean Gav was was sitting a couple of holes in front of me and. It didn't look great, did it? You, you saw straight away it didn't look great. It, it didn't look like someone who just tweaked a muscle or it looked quite serious. And it, it was quite alarming because you, you think Yeri Mina come on and Yeri Mina's a very, very good replacement and is, is doing very well for everything. But his injury record over the last couple of years is, is, is quite horrific, really, isn't it? You know, he, he very rarely ever seems to get a consistent run of games, which has always been a big concern for everything moving forward. So to be relying on him now to, to kind of make up that three-man defence it, it, it is a little bit worrying because, like I say, he probably needs to do something now that he's never really done done before and that's give Everton a real consistent run of game into, into March, possibly even at the beginning of April. So, yeah, I think the Godfrey injury was, was really disappointing because I think there was a, a chance for Everton just before he picked up a knock where he picked the ball up and went in his own half and drove forward and, and drove the pitch and, and played him at Charleston and he, he had a shot over. But it was, it was almost like the Godfrey of old there, you know, that a charging one from from the back into, into the middle, right up the middle of the pitch, and, uh, and creating an attack and threat. So it was disappointing to see, but no all faith now in Yeri Mina coming in and, and doing a job. But like I say, I think it's a big ask because, like we've all seen, he's got major major fitness issues, hasn't he? And he's never really 
being able to get a consistent run of game. So it's a big ask for him. It's a big ask for the medical staff to probably keep him fit in that time. So that'll be probably one that we will need to keep around. But Tyler Mill then quite thought got better as the game went on. Yeah. I think first half was obviously he, he done what was asked of him. It was it was in a short performance. I thought he could run a little bit more in terms of an attacking threat. I, I think he, he didn't play the wing back role as much as what he what 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 probably needs to be in terms of being an attacking threat and really getting that you know with the, the Brentford right back. But I thought second half he got forward, he, he put a couple of crosses into the box and he looked a threat and you know, I think the big thing for him now, and I wrote to Chesty in, in, in the piece, is that he's got the perfect platform now, hasn't he, to, to really kick on at Everton. You know, it's obviously been a tough, tough week for all that squad in terms of, you know, the direct of football going at the start of December. Then, you know, the, the, the clear bust up between Luca Dean and, and Rafa Benitez. Dean eventually being sold. Rafa's tenure coming to an abrupt end at, at the game at Norwich and the toxicity that was around that. Then obviously Big Dunk coming, coming in as caretaker charge and, the club, you know, being in a real state of turmoil, you know, a penny for his thoughts, who's, you know, joined the club at the start of January, walks right into that mess, you know, doesn't speak, speak still learning the language, still adapting to life in England in the Premier League, and he's just been, you know, thrown right into the deep end, you think of his, his debut a hole in the FA Cup, where it was, you know, a real battle, you know, then he went to Norwich and almost went <laughs> down after 20 minutes, and things were turning toxic, so it's really been a, a baptism of five for the young lad who's come through, I think now you know you look at like I say the perfect platform in terms of you know Frank Lampard understands modern day football, he understands that it takes time for people to adapt to, to life in the Premier League and life in England. He's gonna get game time because he's the only the only registered left back at, at the club. Um, yeah. he's gonna get plenty of game time. And I think ultimately as well, you know, he's got Ashley Cole and Leighton Baines to learn from. If you can't learn nothing off them too, yeah. you know, playing on the left then there's seriously something wrong with it, isn't it? Because there's no better two role models. And no better two people to get advice from them than them two, given what they've achieved in their careers. And since you know, they're probably the best two left-sided players defensively. This this country's the probably Premier League scene since it started in 1992. So I think hopefully now that we just start with a good platform for the time and Lenko to really kick on and and, and grow and, and, and become a you know a real regular Everton favourite in the, in the in the heart of the fence. Yeah. I mean, Gav, there is a lot expected of Mikalenko, given that, as, as Connor has alluded to there, um, one of those two mentors he's got there, Leighton Baines and then Luca Dean, if you look at the two Everton left-backs that have, have gone before him, and then if you throw into the mix the fact that Godfrey is now injured, Fabian Delft, as he currently seems to be, the other left-back option, he, he's on the treatment table as well. Uh, Mikalenko really needs to start learning in this um Lee, quickly, I mean, what's your assessment of what you've seen from him so far? Um, of course, he looked more comfortable on Saturday than what he had done previously. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes he can maybe you know, be a bit, bit more adventurous in terms of getting the ball into the box, a little bit tentative. Um, but I just thought, I've just got this caveat that Brentford were just woeful. <laughs> on on Saturday, I, I don't want to sound. There's no Brentford fans listening, though. I did speak to a couple of them on Saturday evening in the city centre. Um, and uh, so apologies if they're if they're listening. Um, <laughs> I just thought it's very difficult to judge, um, you know, anybody on that performance to some degree. Um, but yeah, yeah going going forward, going forwards, I think he, he looked okay. I'm just wondering now, got you out of Brantwick, he was on the bench, wasn't he? On, Oh, yeah. Saturday. 
And I'm just wondering whether there's, you know, talk about playing three at the back and options. Yeah. I wonder whether we've forgotten that he's an option. I think, has he played since Chelsea? I don't think um, he has, has he? I don't think he has. No. So I've got to remember that Brantwaite's an option mm. as well on that side, though. One of our correspondents did pick pick us up the other week when we said Brant, Brantwaite's left footed. He's actually right footed, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's a good two footed player, but because he's so good on the left, people think yeah. he's left footed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, got caught out there. Yeah. But yeah, so Brantwaite, basically what I'm saying is Brantwaite's an option on the left hand side of defence, even a, even a full back. So Mikalenko, yeah, much improved, I thought. Um, but the caveat being that Brentford were woeful. Um, but yeah, he did. He did okay. Part of several players who had really good games, who've had moderate seasons. He was one, wasn't he? Uh, obviously, he's only had a couple of games, but far better. Gomez was another. Holgate was another. So that that was the good stuff, really, wasn't it? From Saturday. Yeah, I suppose as Gav just said, um, Connor, uh, it it is a, a clean slate, as the manager has said now for for these. Players and some of them who, who maybe haven't been performing, um, if if they can um, show Frank Lampard what what they're about, you know, this is a fresh opportunity for them. Yeah, it absolutely is. I thought that was been the case, but you know, Mason Holwitz. I thought he had a really good game on Saturday. You know, he starts on the right, moves over to the left. To Ben Goffey got injured and got his name on the score sheet, but I thought he has a, a really, really solid game. And he's another one, isn't he? Because he's kind of been in up the team, and you think there was times where you maybe thought he'd get the call by Rafa, and, and he didn't. And you, you may be thinking, is this a sign that Rafa maybe doesn't fancy him, or you know, is his time coming up, coming to end the club? Because there has been rumours pretty much all season, I think, about regarding his future. So I think there is it is a clean slate for a lot of players, and I think a lot of players will will do appreciate that clean slate as well. Because I think that the thing with you know Rafa it was it was always becoming too predictable, wasn't it? I think yeah. he kind of knew what plays he was he was going to pick, what plays he wasn't going to pick. You know, and the only time we really saw you know wholesale changes was. Was at Chelsea when his hand was forced because of COVID and injury issues. So I think it is it is a clean state. I think it'll be welcomed by a lot of players. But I think what, what Gav said there in terms of the options at the back, I think that's why tomorrow night will be so interesting in terms of the team who's now Everton shape up because I think if Frank Lampard goes to Newcastle and sets up in a 3 4 3, then that shows that he, he, he obviously thinks that's the way forward and the best way to get the best out of this team moving forward. If he goes tomorrow and plays a 4, then it'll, it'll probably highlight that it'll be picking and choosing his games when he thinks the opposition they have to take and we can get at them. And there'll be other games where he thinks we need to be much more secure and much more defensively solid. So I think that's why tomorrow night's team news will be interesting because I think that'll give us a good indication of what Lampard's plan moving forward. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, I spoke to Michael Ball earlier for his echo comments yeah. tomorrow and you know, like he points out himself, you know, there's, there's a lot of optimism, but, you know, there's a lot Four points above the relegation zone and still sitting 16th. He said, you know, yeah. even though we appointed Frank Lampard, he's come in and he's given you know everyone a, a bit of a lift and a boost. Nothing changed in the league table standings, so that's why you know the next two games are so important and and that's why Everton you know vitally need to start picking up points because at the end of the day, nothing's changed in the league table from when Frank Lampard was appointed to where we are now. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, we've spoken, Gav, about how the, the back three operated in a 3-4-3 formation. But Frank, in his um, press conference today, was speaking about how he was pleased with um, how his front three operated. And he thought that they all fulfilled um, different roles and offered um, different attributes within within that system. I mean, how did you see um, that one going? 
On Saturday, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, they, you spoke about being interchangeable, which you think, which you think was quite, quite clear. I thought Anthony Gordon obviously got a lot of plaudits. Um, he's good at, you know, coming out, moving inside, and uh, I thought he was, he was excellent. Richarlison, but he's not a natural number nine anyway, so that helps, doesn't it? Really, in terms of he's quite comfortable moving out wide and. And Damari Gray as well. So I thought I thought the front three played well on 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 Saturday in terms of showing for the ball, receiving the ball quickly and moving the ball on quickly, which is not necessarily the case. We've been quite ponderous, haven't we? Uh, with that this season. And I thought we 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 got the we got we got to move the ball into the final third far more quickly and with more confidence than what we have done. All season, and and we 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 um, got the rewards, didn't we? I, I can't. When I just thinking aloud, and it's probably happened. When was the last time you saw a ball through the middle for an Everton striker to score before Saturday? I don't. Ball, I don't yeah. recall one being a through ball being played from the centre of midfield. Maybe the Corey one was it earlier this season, but when was it Gray who got onto the end? Of it? I'm just trying to think out loud myself. The fact that we've got to think out loud, yeah. loud and even yeah. 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 yeah, 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 but even that was the Corey was that wise, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, in terms of like the opposition back four being in front yeah. seat and you play player in, um, it's not a goal that we're familiar with, really. Uh, over the last couple of uh, well, last couple of managers, even yeah. um, so that was good to see that it came from from Alan. But that that just shows you how, um, how I think that I thought the front three were were excellent on 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 Saturday and provided a different types of problem. And I, th- I like the way Anthony will come in as well. He won't necessarily go out wide all the time. Yeah, and yeah. I thought he deserved a standing ovation, didn't he? Which was. Yeah. Always good to see a young player at Goodison get that. Yeah. Um, Connor, another element that the new manager has spoken about is is the possession. And um, Rafa, Rafa's Everton teams didn't tend to have much possession at all. He, he, he admitted they weren't very good with possession. So he wasn't almost like he wasn't bothering with that. Um, or he didn't think he could fix it anyway. Lampard's been very different. Um, he said that he places great importance in, in having the ball and what uh, having the increased possession can bring and given what had gone before and like you said we'd only had a few days to work with the players it, it, it was a big change and they they, they did um, boss possession against Brentford and it looks like it's something he wants to do going forward yeah it was I never really understood that that statement by Rafa when he kind of yeah. like that I thought that was always a bit stupid because you know, at the end of the night you know these are good football players these are players who play on a you know a regular basis I think they can play football Maybe not the lens that, you know, the great Barcelona teams under Pep Guardiola play football like or you know, City, Manchester City do now. But I think they, they can't pass the ball to each other. I think I think that is, you know, well within the reams of of their ability. So I never really understood that. I think, you know, ultimately Lampard's got a clear vision. And I think it, it it felt to me a little bit on Saturdays if Frank had almost kind of took the shackles off a lot of them and said, Look, you know, I know you you maybe been told to do X, Y, and Z, but Go out there and play with a little bit of freedom and go and express yourself and get the ball down and play and look to you know runs in behind and like Gav said there, you know, when's the last time we scored a goal where the ball went straight down another pitch and you know everyone got everyone was on the edge of the seat waiting to see what happened next. It was 
it was that type of afternoon. So I think it's clear. Look, I think Frank Lampard wants to play football. I think everyone wants to see their own team play football as well. I think you know, no one wants to watch a team play where there's you know the snow on the ball every week and you've got a stiff neck because the ball's in the air for that long. But I think we will see more getting implemented as we go. But I certainly think the, the way Rafa spoke about the way no one almost can't play football was just, just stupid, wasn't it? I think. You know, if anything, I think Frank showed them up, didn't us after that. Actually, they can play football if, if trusted to and given the freedom to, I think, more than anything. So, yeah, I think I think it, it looked good for Lampard, but I don't think he was up again. I don't think it really took that much to, to do what he did on Saturday because, like I say, I think at the end of the day, they're, they're all talented footballers, these lads. I think they, they can't pass the ball to Maybe not as good as Barcelona and the City, but they, they can do that. And I think we maybe got a little bit kinder with the way they did play football because I think for some of them, they probably had that their armour all along, but they just maybe not be allowed the freedom to do so and, and play and play but in the to the best of their abilities, they've been more in control than perhaps. And I think even that under, under Carlo for a little bit as well, I think it was a little bit more controlled. So yeah, I think I think Everett just benefited from Lampard coming in with the clean slate and trusting the players to go and do what he what, what he felt was they, they could do and, and play with a bit of freedom. Yeah. Gav, considering that and that they he'd had less than a week to work with them then in it. Is that quite damning about Benitez, or should we be praising Lampard a bit of both? I've uh, got to give Frank uh, more than just one game to compare them to his predecessor, haven't he, surely? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I think he knows that as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, you've got to give him half a season, haven't you? Uh, it, was, it was interesting that the, the, the point he made about the... the was just saying about the importance of the next game, but actually he didn't say that at all today, did he? He said like the next two games don't yeah, play. Yeah, saying you have to play in the context of yeah, season, yeah, yeah. So you know, see the big picture, which he said that a couple a couple of times about different things since he's came. Uh, so yeah, I would I wouldn't say it's damn because of Benitez. It's the there's a couple of things going on there though. I didn't hear the new manager bounce, but I just think his coaching team. I really like it. I said that last week and we had a discussion about Ashley Cole and it was interesting to see very much like everybody out on the pitch before the game with the players and I thought that was good. Um, So I don't want to dismiss comparisons with Benitez but I don't think you should ignore them as well. You you get the impression Frank, Frank wants to install his Frank Lampard view of football as quickly as as possible, mm-hmm. and you saw that on Saturday. But to compare them to his predecessor, we have to wait till for me to the end of the season. Yeah, and uh, one thing where he is different, Connor, than uh, Rafa Benitez is that he's getting his name chanted by the fans on, on the first game. And out of the six managers that Farhad Mashiri has, has appointed now, there's only Frank and Carlo Ancelotti um, been given that accolade. So um, he, he, he's already off to a good start in that respect. Yeah, it, it was that was a very interesting part of of, of Saturday's um, game. Now, how quickly the fans began to chant his name, although there was a song from what Rafa Benitez uh, yeah. during the game, but it wasn't a very pleasant one, should we say? Um, but no, I think I think I think ultimately, I think I think every Everton fan in the end when he, when he was appointed, kind of was was encouraged by the appointment. I think we we spoke to we all spoke at length, and we we all you know. Wrote it like that. There was never no standout candidate for this job in the first place. There was never that one person who everyone went, 
God, I hope he gets it. I think he's the man to, to turn the club's fortunes around. He's the man to lead them forward. There was a lot of divided opinion. Um, there was a lot of, you know, people had different viewpoints of who should be given the job, how, how, what type of job they should be given, whether it should be an interim or whether it should be, you know, a full-time payment appointment. But I think in the end, by the time Lampard got it, and I'm not just saying this because it was a strict shoot off between him and Vitor Pereira in the end, and people were absolutely petrified of the prospect of Pereira getting, yeah. getting the job. I think everyone was just encouraged in the end by the time Lampard got the job, and, you know, we got a, a real good and warm welcome. But I think, I think what Gav said there, though, I think the way Frank Lampard's his mannerisms and the way you know he presents himself have certainly helped people take take a liking to him. You know, you think of his first press conference last week; he was, he was just brutally honest, wasn't he? You know, he, he didn't shake, not he didn't have you know factual situations he, he, or stats. He just was honest, told the truth. You know, b- b- says it as it is. And I think I think Everton fans just respect people. Don't do say it as it is. I think that's what they want. I think they don't want someone to make excuses. They just want people to tell them as it is and. And, and say they're going to wear cars and, and look up ways of fixing things. So I think that put him on the right path. And then I think what Gav said there, you see him out there on the walk on Saturday before the game, and he's right in the middle of it. He's gene the, the players up. He's, you know, he's in a tracksuit. He's bouncing up and down on the sideline. Then when the match kicks off, and fist up in the air. So I think, I think he just, he ticked so many boxes last week that the crowd just fell over him the more the game went on. And like I say, by the time he started singing his name, you know, I think everyone was was heading heading home happy. So hopefully it's the start of, of many more songs to come because like you say, it's not not been not been laughing. You've heard the manager's name some positively around with some park, is it? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gavin, like you've said, he's he's an intelligent enough man to realise that, that you know one swallow doesn't make a summer. They're just one result in isolation doesn't make him an instant um, Goodison Park um, legend. The same way Roberto Martinez was a manager who had his name sung for a time by Everton fans. And we saw how sour that one finished and obviously how divisive his return would have been if he'd come back now. But like all managers, it would be based on results. But it, it is um, a difference between many of the, the recent managers that Everton have had. Well, there's an age difference, isn't there, um, to the two previous ones. The the, the the natural sort of comparison, I suppose, would be silver. Yeah. Um, and the, the difference there being is silver came as a very much an unknown personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's face it, left as very much an unknown, didn't he? Uh, though, like Marco Silva, but Lampard's great England player, scored an FA Cup. <laughs> I was thinking, can't we... Can't be many sets of fans who chanted the name of someone who scored an FA Cup final winning goal against him, really, can it? You know, yeah. um, well, there was Norman Whiteside as well. Norman Whiteside was thinking, yeah, in it, really. Yeah, um, but I, I do think, I think he, he gets his name chanced because he's because he, of what's gone on before, but I. I it's a big name, isn't he? And I think comparing them to Martin as I think, I, I just like the whole thing to last week is just, it just felt slightly different and a bit more professional in terms of the coaching setup and the man, management. Yeah. I don't know because you've got huge experience people there. You've got Paul Clements. I spoke about this last week, Paul Clements. You now he's got the t-shirt, hasn't he? Of coaching yeah. great players with great, you know, with Ancelotti. And it was another thing was slightly different. I've not seen this very often. Ashley Cole was sitting in the press box, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. On Saturday. Because he 
you know, that was, and a couple of couple of the coaching staff were, I think, so they could get a better view of the game. Just and tie that into the you know the pre-match stuff, just a slightly different way. Yeah, of what I've seen at Goodison before, it it appeared to be more. I hate that phrase, three hundred and sixty degree outlook or whatever. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it was this yeah. big picture, the big picture thing again. Frank was talking about it. Just, it's just the coaching side of it and the, the 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 leadership side of it has just felt slightly different. Mm-hmm. I think, um, well, and that was reinforced for me a little bit on on Saturday. I, th- I think as well, Ed, just to pick up more point Gav, Gav said as well, something that me me Phil picked up on in the first half. Whenever we're defending set pieces, it was really interesting. Paul Clement was actually stood in the technical area, shouting instructions on at the players yes. as as to you know who was to do one. You know, because clearly he's obviously took ownership of of set pieces, which has been obviously a, a big problem maybe for Everton. But again, I think. I think I think that this all just ties in with that modern trend, doesn't it? I think there's a way we interview over the weekend where he talked about you know, Derby and his management style, and he compared it to what Stephen Gerrard is at Aston Villa, where they got people in, people in with them who were better coaches than them because they've been doing it a lot longer, and they trust them coaches to do the job that they're tasked with doing, just their experience and the 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 the, the, the credibility they've got in football. And I think that was a, that's the thing with Lampard, and I think every coach he's brought in, they've got a specific a clear specific role. Of which they undertake and, and they look after that area, which is, is probably the modern way of, of doing things nowadays, isn't it? I think you know the gone are the days of where the manager done everything from the tactics, the set pieces, the you know the formation and the warm up. I think them days are a long one now, and it's about spreading out the spreading out the burden. So I think in terms of the, the whole setup, I think it's a much more forward thinking modern approach than what. Certainly, haven't been used to under Benitez, and, and even Carlo to an extent, wasn't it? Because you know, you think back to Carlo Green, there was only really his son and, and Duncan Ferguson, wasn't there? Those coaching staff, there wasn't, there wasn't many, many voices in the rounds, you know, and just not many voices in the rounds. So I think it's certainly very different to what whatever it's been in the last four or five years. Yeah, I mean, Gav, you say that Everton looked good because Brentford was so bad, but. Do you change a winning team? You've got Dominic Carver-Lewin can come back in now. The new, the two new boys, Deli Ali, Danny Van der Beek. I mean, what do you do at St James's Park tomorrow night? How do you go with it? Um, yeah, I, I, you've got you've got to play Deli Ali, haven't you? Surely. You think so, <laughs> so Deli Ali, we play Deli Ali. May dictate where you the shape. Of your team, um, I think Tali Ali could still come out wide from out wide, but then who'd you drop? Uh, Anthony Gordon, you know, came off to a standard ovation to say, Oh, sorry, Anthony, not playing on uh, on Tuesday. Um, Demari Gray's been probably our best pound for pound player all season. Richarlison, I think it'd be a brave person who says to Richarlison, You're not playing, I think it's hard behind the couch if. Uh, yeah. If it do, my dilemma to have though, for all of us, yeah, yeah, it is. It is so. So, if you actually three, four, three, fans of beef would be he could play in the middle, that'd be an ideal settle for him because he could play more forward than any any other formation, knowing that he's got three center center backs and a defensive midfielder behind him. So, three, four, three, he could that that would I would say would probably be there or thereabouts be his. Yeah. Best, um, best, best tactics for him. 
so that that would be interesting. Three four three definitely play Van der Van der Beek. Um, then who's his rock Gomez? He had one of his best Everton games on Saturday, didn't he? Um, so basically, what I'm doing here, Chris, Chris I'm just doing <laughs> final because I haven't got a clue. Um, yeah. how to answer, which is a very good, good, yeah. uh, good way of looking at things, isn't it? Because that shows we've got got a few players who've done well. Um, I, I think he may change it, I think he may go forward at the back, yeah, tomorrow. Um, but how that fits in with the players we saw on Saturday, I don't know. Um, How do you see it going, Connor? I, I, I'm a little bit with Gav. I mean, I must admit, I, I looked at this yesterday myself for, for a piece for this morning. And I, I was genuinely a little bit confounded, if I'm being honest, because you've got you no know, Delhi, Don, Donny Van Der Beek and Dominic Carver, Lula can all come back in. But like Gav said, there, do you drop, isn't it? And I, and I drop them and where you put certain players if you bring them in. And I, I think... I think ultimately, I think if Dominic Carver loses fifty, he's got to start. I think you know he's one of the best, one of the best forwards in the Premier League, isn't he? I think you know, uh, I think he's got to start, he's got to lead the line because I think although Charlton did well top on, on Saturday, I think Everton will need to focal point to St James's Park. They will need someone to play off, and they will need someone to get the ball into um, because it's going to be tough. It's going to be you know a lot, lot different to what it was on Saturday. So I think if, if Calvert loses fifty, he's got to start. But then there's so many questions off once you make that decision because yeah. you know where do you put your Charles and then you know you drop out to Gordon or Bray, you know I I think personally I think Allen and Van der Beek might start on the bench. I think he might stick with Gomez and, and Allen. What was what what was what was starting on Saturday and stick with them, um, and I think he might bring you know to bring both of them on as the game goes on or if the game opens up. Um, just because neither of them have played much after in, in recent months, the, the, the game time has been quite back and forth. Yeah. So I think he may stick with Gomez and and, and, and Allen, but I think he's got a real conundrum up top because, like I say, I think if Calvert Lutz fit, you've probably got to you've got to play him because just the goal threat he poses, the the the, the figure who he's become in the Premier League was one of the one of the most prolific kind of forwards over the last two seasons, isn't he? In front of both because goals to game ratio. I think he's got to play with them, like like we've said. It just leaves so many questions then because, you know, two into three, you know, you've got to try and get three into two, sorry, you know, three players into two positions. It's, it's just impossible. And not one of them three deserves to be dropped or, or start game on the bench. So Lampard's got some big decisions to make. But like Gav's had there, though, I think that the only good thing is is that it's good that he's got these options because it was, you know, not so long ago, a couple of weeks ago, that Everton's team pretty much picking itself. And yeah. in some in some of them games, you were praying that no one got injured because there was no, there was no options off the bench. So yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. But you, of course, you got Andres Townsend as well. You obviously come off the bench the weekend to score. You know, Frank might look to play him as a try and try and trusted. You know, Premier League player away from home in a big game. So there is options, but he's going to have to make some big calls. I think. You know, it might only be uh, what's it be eight days until it's rain by then. But I think he might be already making some big big calls. Yeah, well, we don't know about the lineup, but how about the score? So, if I start with you, Gavin, prediction times, um, what's it going to be? Um, I was disappointed to see a score three on go three one up on uh, Saturday because I'd, I'd forecast two one, hadn't I? <laughs> I was, you, you didn't like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where, where I prioritize my uh, match day uh, experience. <sighs> 
I think it's a good point. Sorry about what Cano was saying. I just think Cavalier might start on the bench, but I get the uh, the Van der Beek and Ali sort of game time um, issue. I don't know really. Um, we've said that a lot on this pod, haven't I? I want to go when, when in doubt. I always say one all. That's my sitting on the fence. Right. I don't one know one. any other score that I can think of. Yeah. Always go with the one-all option, and you know, a couple of times a season it will work out. Hopefully, okay, Connor. Any advance on that? Yeah, I'm going to go two-one Everton. I think they'll, they'll grind out a, a half force, two-one victory. I think they'll uh, Frank Lampard will kick his Premier League tenure off Everton tenure off with, with the whole three points. What yourself, please? What are you going for? Yeah, that, that you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. To be fair, to be, I was looking today. It's been actually a, a fairly happy hunting ground for Everton in recent. Oh, there we go. There we go. Five victories there in, in in less than a decade, and if you consider Newcastle weren't in the Premier League for one of those years because Rafa took them down, so fairly decent. Although I think last couple of matches against Newcastle, they, Newcastle got the double, didn't they, over Everton last season, but. Let's be positive. I mean, uh, Carlo won two one there. I think in his second game in charge. So yeah, that, that was his first. Game. Yeah, that was his first away game, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah. I think yeah, Carlo yeah. was uh, yeah. Newcastle. So yeah, yeah. I gone to a, yeah. gone to the cl- the longest of straws there, or the yeah. shortest of straws there. You yeah. know. Well, regardless what happens, um, we'll be back with you later in the week to uh, review um, Everton's trip to Newcastle United and look forward to another huge game on the horizon against Leeds United at Goodison Park next weekend. So thanks for both of you for joining me today, Gavin Connor. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.